Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Expansion Pack Podcast, where we download this week's gaming news and we bring it straight to you. I'm your host, Danzel, aka Black Ice, joined by my co-host each and every week. We got over here on my right-hand side, Manny, aka Goopmaster Flex. What's going on, bro? You already know. Stay gooping. Stay gooping. Looking very timely in your PlayStation shirt. Thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> Good stuff. I saw stuff. it in Burlington. For like eight bucks, I was like, sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, then we got my man down low, Chris, a.k.a. May 25th. What's going on, bro? Uh, you know, same shit, different toilet. Been a minute since I gave him that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, eh, nothing much. I ain't been able to game too damn much, so. But I still am here to talk about the game. I just, God damn it, what a week. What a week. Yeah, it's oh, definitely been a, an interesting week in gaming. Sounds like it's been an interesting week in you guys' lives. Um, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all both, yeah. y'all both came up on the pod this morning looking like zombies. <sighs> so I, I know it's been it's been rough, but that's all right. Y'all, y'all haven't been getting a chance to game. I've been doing some gaming. Finally beat Elden Ring. Um, I hit off the uh, Age of Stars ending. So very satisfied because that final boss was uh, stressing me to fuck out. Um, okay. But yeah, but yeah, you know, we got we got to talk about some more games. Like I said, you know, um mm-hmm. Manny, Manny's got the theme right. He's got the PlayStation shirt, so we're going to be talking about some PlayStation stuff. We're going to be talking about mm-hmm. E3. But before we get into that, Chris, you already know, man. <sighs> Start the software. Sorry, y'all. He mentioned E3 and I got emotional. <sighs> um, okay. <laughs> Icebreaker. Yeah. Focus. This week's icebreaker is if um Actually, not if. What is a game that's kind of mid to you? Like, it's not anything that that special, but you know if they did, like, maybe one, maybe two things to it, it would be, like, S-tier. Simply, like, what game would it be, and what would that thing be in order to put it into the next category, right? So, for me, my answer uh, would be... Honestly, I was going to single out um, 2K basketball, but I just think in general with 2K, just especially after this uh, just, like wrestling game that's come out or whatever. There, I, We spoke about this before, you know, them kind of going more to a game service model rather than doing what they do now. And every year that passes, to me, that shit just hits me in the head more and more and more and more. Like, even with the last 2K. I bought it cool for a couple weeks and then i put it down and it's like hard for me to like feel motivated to want to go back into it and i was like damn this game is cool but i still kind of find it midish it's not like outstanding or anything like that to me it's like it's okay but i know for a fact if they fucking did this seasonal model shit where you just downloaded a new updated roster every year with like a maybe an expansion pass of some sort to kind of give you some new options and new meta things and different uh dribble moves or whatever the case is you know it would be so much better and then i was thinking about it um yesterday i don't know about y'all but i have a big thing in video games where it's like if you have them and they go on forever it's nice to be able to take that one character you made and just keep on improving on that one character Mm -hmm. i like doing that and I feel like the sports games would do a lot better if they allowed you to do that for a longer period of time. At least for me, because I think another part of the burnout with me with 2K is the fact that I hate having to redo the same kind of 
story constantly, but they just kind of tweak little parts about it to make a little difference so that way it doesn't feel the same. But in all actuality, I'm kind of doing the same shit every time I buy the game. You know, rather than I got this guy I've been working on for like two, three years. And, you know, his shit was kind of trash at first, but now I got his back. You know, his his hop step is looking kind of better now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my guy that I work into. To me, that that works so much better. Like, I would love that so much more to know that, like, yo, this is my dude I've had for, like, three, four years. Yeah, he was trash. But now, this dude's nice. I put the work in. I put the time in. I put the work in. And it's just it just works. Like, I think if they just stopped doing this yearly release shit man it would really really take the games from like here for me and push them way higher and that's not even me talking about the actual gameplay mechanics and stuff that i kind of think that they could work on that's one thing but to me that's way lesser of an issue than how these games are being like given to us nowadays man i just don't see the point in this yearly release shit no more in the same sense as oh, i don't see it in uh, as a thing for a cod anymore i don't think any of these games really truly benefit from yearly releases and i think more games should be hopping on this seasonal pass model and i don't get how sports games don't do it i mean literally every year is called a new season in real life <laughs> like like why are y'all not doing this it doesn't make sense to me so I don't know. I think that's the thing that would take 2K games and any sports games, for that matter, from the mid-tier to top-tier. Because mm-hmm. <sighs> it kills me how they do it now, man. I just, I don't, I don't even have the time to, like, sink my teeth into the games to me. And then on top of it, then when some of the things start feeling samesy or whatever, it's just a hard recipe for me to, like, want to play day in and day out, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's just me. That's, that's my pick. I feel you on the, the story aspect of it because I don't I feel like that's the least favorite part for me with like my career is like I don't want to have to go get drafted again and do all the same every bullshit. year. Bro. Like, well, I'm a rookie again. <laughs> like, like, I don't care about any of that. But mm-hmm. I feel like the, the real meat and potatoes of that mode or like um, my player in general is playing online and like building your character up and getting it to 99 and all this other stuff. How do you think they would resolve that? Right. Like. You like, do you make getting leveled up harder so that you can't just be 99 for forever because if- i think that's what they would have to do i really do i think it would be a, a much more not saying that like you leveling up your character in individual stats and shit like that would take forever because you don't necessarily need to do that but i would say making the actual overall levels harder to go up i would do and then also the um the badges I would definitely make a lot of that shit probably a little bit more harder to get as well. So that way it's a little bit more of something you're working on rather than I could sit here for like 10, 20 hours and bang it out and then I got everything I need to never have to do anything ever again. You know, I, there's got to be something or maybe you even make the badges temporary. You know what I mean? Like they're like a thing, almost like the Gatorade packs where you drink them and they're good for a couple games and then you got to re-earn it. There's got to be something that they can do to make you keep playing the game rather than you just earn everything. You got it all. You play for the year, and then you you, you gotta lose everything again and start right back where you were. Yeah. Every single year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's gotta be something better than that. I feel like the problem with that though is like, all right, so like when you're playing 2K, you know what I'm saying? You create your character and everything like that. You grind. You got this 99 overall build and everything like that, and you're done. I feel like the problem with that is when you're done, it's just like, you know. What is there else to do? You know, you got whatever season rewards, but that's it. Like, I know a lot of people do make a lot of builds and everything like that, which is nice. But like, 
you know, it, it's not something that like keep players on the game forever. Uh, that's why, like, I like, I can understand why every year you got to create a new character, start over. I feel like may, maybe there should be an option to carry on, like maybe for like a my career for like seasons, mm-hmm. for like you know maybe to build like one at least one character's legacy, or maybe just like reset like. You know, have your character like that overall for like my career, but then like the multiplayer aspect, maybe just like reset it just for the simple fact that like, you know, to, I guess to keep the replayability for like yearly. Yeah, I I feel like just to to answer the thing that you mentioned about like getting your character, you know, to a certain point or whatever. I feel like the thing that keeps me coming back is like the competitive nature of winning. That mm. to me is more important than necessarily getting like. I get my character up to where I need him to get to because I want to win games online. That's like, for me, that's the the gameplay loop for me, but I also don't want to continue doing it. The same gameplay, like the same grind to get to that point every single year. So Mm. I understand that, but I guess the thing that I'm curious about is like, how do you sustain that over multiple years? Like, Let's say even if you make it harder to get to 99, there's still those tryhards that are going to get there like within that first game that you release, yeah, right? For sure. So now <clears throat> are you like, I don't know, does it make everything unbalanced because you've designed it where this should be the, like the way you play the game for multiple years, but there's like all these people who are fucking super tryhard and are on 99s already. And then like, you're like, let's say you're like an 85 or a 90 or whatever. <clears throat> like, I guess you would have to worry, work on heavily matchmaking for like the rec center and all those different things. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like there's enough in these games that to make me keep <laughs> wanting to play within one year, but it's that, it's that initial, like, okay, now a new one's out and I have to do all this shit over again. That's the part that kills me. Cause I don't, I just, I don't know. I, I hate like, and, and in most games, except for last year, but in most situations you have to play through like a certain point of the story before you can actually go yeah. off and start playing Rex and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that really annoys me because I don't know, like if you, if you pulled out all the incentive to, to play the, my career portion of it and you were just in the park or, you know, in the city or whatever, and that's all you had to do to, to build your character up, I guess I'd be okay with having to reduce some portions of it year over year because there is enough change sometimes, but I don't know. It still sucks. Cause it's like, all right, I gotta leave this character behind. Like, yeah. I have this 99. I gotta leave him behind again. And I'm still paying sixty bucks again to do the the same grind over again. It's, yeah, yeah, it's tricky. So I feel like let me ask you. Maybe, oh, my bad, Manny. Go ahead. No, I was, I was gonna say maybe a way to compensate, like you know, for it not to be like everybody just sitting at a nine nine overall, like constantly. And, and I know it's like it could be exploding and everything like that, but maybe try something new instead of like. The only thing is, like, you know, like, this idea is probably, like, a good idea, but, like, the problem with it is, like, you probably can't really monetize it as much as, you know, you'd want to as a company that needs mm-hmm. to profit off of it somehow. Mm-hmm. But, like, dynamically, like, change the characters overall depending on the Absolutely. way they, yeah. they um what is it called, perform. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, it would be unfair, like, kind of, like, yearly when you just, like, maybe, like, oh, I ain't tried the game last season, but, like, this season I feel like, you know... It's probably a good way to start in the next thing. I just got like a bunch of demigod nine nine overalls. Like, you know, if you if you're playing the game, you know, and you're just chucking up threes with a nine nine three overall, but missing all of them somehow, you shouldn't, you know, maybe like earn those either badges back that mm. you lost 
and everything like that, or like maybe drop her overall a little bit, just like you know, show that you're on a cold streak. Yeah, something I, like that to kind of like dynamically make the game a little bit more interesting instead of just like, all right, my guys just overall, I'm good. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like that. This is a core thing that they need to fix in general, and mm-hmm. it's the idea like you should be penalized way more for not <laughs> playing like actual basketball. So if you're just running to the corner and chucking up a three every single time, that should mm-hmm. count against you, and you should lose like hella overall for that. Or like you know, someone's wide open in the paint, you don't pass them the ball. Like, like actually not making good basketball plays should mm-hmm. not just be like a notch against you in your um your teammate grade. Like it should go against your actual overall too. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, Chris, what were you gonna say? Um, just to kind of piggyback off your last point too, I also feel like if they were to make it like that, then they kind of would have to stop being as like stingy on the VCs and shit like that. Because if you're gonna make a game where you could actively lose your shit then it should be a little bit easier, I think, to get some of those points to maybe get them back in some cases, too, because sometimes some of the VC grind is really crazy to me. But to piggyback off of what you said, Manny, I I agree with the whole dynamic leveling and, 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 you know, having it be like that, because I was also going to say one thing I think that could also really work in this game is um, I don't understand why they don't take real-life awards and apply them to, like, an online leaderboard in, in the game. So, for example... Say you have everybody who plays 2K on a leaderboard and you're looking for the guy who literally plays the best defense in the whole season and you give him the 2K Defensive Player of the Year award and then you tie some actual good incentive to whatever it is. Like, you know, like how Bungie sends out the folks when you beat the raids in your world's first and you get the nice jacket, you get the belt, you get all these little things that nobody else gets and it's like a cool little flex. Mm-hmm. Do the same shit. You know what I mean? Send them out a really dope-ass jersey or something or some kind of cool-ass award thing and make it so that way people are really working to do this every single season. So that way, at that point, you got the dynamic shit happening. If you perform bad, your shit comes down. You perform well, you do a little better. And on top of that, there's actual accolades you're going for. Like, I don't know how you do things like um, team stuff, team awards or whatever, but you can do MVP. You can do Defensive Player of the Year. You can do Most Improved. You can do a lot of the real life awards online and just keep an actual mm-hmm. forever updating leaderboard every season. Man, I think that shit would send competitive shit through the roof when it comes to these kind of games. And they never do it. <laughs> they they never do it. Mm-hmm. How are y'all not doing that? To at least put MVP. Even if y'all didn't want to do the other ones, I don't get how y'all don't do MVP. The best player in 2K that year out of everybody gets yeah. this cool-ass shit. Why not? I mean, I can see why, because it's kind of hard to pinpoint one person and, like, be oh, the hey, best. You, got the stats? you can definitely do statistics. Like, if you if you, you look at, like, points, points scored, you look at steals, you look... I think you could do that. But, I mean, they do, like, they do the legend thing, right? Like, the first person to get to 99, they get, like, a plaque on the wall, and, like, they have... It's not MVP, but like they have a thing like that. So if you could do that, you can take the ne- the extra yeah. steps to like figure out who the MVP is. I think you could definitely figure that out. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, we gotta we gotta move on though. We gotta move on. Nah, so, sorry, sorry. No, nah, no, nah, it's all sorry. good. That was a good uh, good discussion though. But Manny, um, what was your answer? <laughs> you about to have a whole episode talking about two K. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I was gonna say one game that I think would have been perfect. Uh, Personally, it's Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, it's sad that like the game didn't really have like a complete start just because the whole situation with Kojima and 
a little like you know disagreeing with all everybody in the party so they just kind of rushed to release the game mm-hmm. um i think the game like gameplay wise is perfect the mechanics are really great and like i feel like ahead of its time for when it was released like just the way like something's handled like the way like enemies were to like adapt to how you like go out and about like if you were to get like a lot of headshots on kills and everything like that they'll start to wear more protective helmets or if like you do like a lot of sneaky kills or whatever, et cetera. They like adapt to you. And like, I really like how that game was just like ahead of its time. But like I said, like the story just felt incomplete. You just get to a certain point and you're just like, that's it. And you know, you feel like there's more to it, but yeah, I think if that game had a more of a complete story, it definitely would be like perfect. Hmm. Okay. Oh. All right. I, um, I don't know how, to, I don't know how to feel about that one. I don't know. Like yeah, I never I beat that. About it. I'm, I got pretty far. But I didn't beat it. Yeah, I got pretty far too. I feel like it was. I I get what you're saying. Like there are certain things that could have made that game greater, but like it was, <laughs> it was above good. But at the same time, it wasn't like S tier. Yeah, like like the rest of the Metal Gears that I played, like yeah, it was. Well, like 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 I said, I think if it had that complete story, it definitely would have been the S tier, definitely. Okay, okay, that's fair. Because yeah. the mechanics and all that you thought was already on point. It's just literally... Oh, yeah, the mechanics the mechanics definitely were on point. Like, for, like, a tactical espionage game at that time, like, the shit you could do was, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, okay. Um. All right, I'm picking something that's a little bit more recent. Very recent, actually. I'm going to go with Dying Light 2. Um, I feel like the okay. game is... It's okay, you know, it's 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 fine. It's not great. It could have been better if the story was I don't know, a little bit tighter. The the game was less buggy, that would have gone a very long way. Um I don't know. There's just something about the game. There's like an extra piece of the game that I can't necessarily pinpoint that I feel like is missing from making it like Oh my god! Like I, I'm enjoying like exploring and doing all these different things. Like for so the, the best thing I can explain is so when I play Elden Ring, and you guys may not have had this experience because you didn't, you haven't gotten as far as I have. But Elden Ring, like, there's this sense of like mystery to the game, and it's just a it's an absolutely massive world, and I just want to continue. Like I beat the game already, and I still want to continue going. I'm I'm gonna do new game plus to like go back in and play some more, and I feel like I've scoured every portion of the game because i fought every boss i like even went back and looked at like a wiki to see you know if there's some secrets and things like that that i missed i didn't miss anything um because i really like went through systematically and like went to every crevice of that game um so when i think about another open world game like dying light and it's interesting that they were just like i essentially played them back to back so like the contrast is so real for me um i don't want to explore anything in dying light like nothing feels particularly interesting like they they nailed the parkour mechanics like running running around running on buildings jumping from here to there shit is great um the combat is okay it's good it could be better but like when you put it all together in like a package i don't know it's just not enough it's like this is fine this is a decent game um I don't regret spending money on it, but it just could have been so much better. So, so much better. Yeah, I do low-key because I just played it, and, like, I don't know. I feel like I lost interest so fast in the game. 
it just kind of felt stale in my opinion when I first played it, but yeah. Yeah. Like weapons, like getting the different weapons. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't. I didn't feel like particularly incentivized. Like it's kind of like a looter in a sense, where you get certain weapons that are more powerful. You get legendary weapons, epic weapons, so on and so forth. And like the weapons break down super quick. Even like the the higher tier weapons. Like I don't know. Just mm-hmm. when you put all of that together, it's just like, eh. yeah. Mm-hmm. On to the next one. So <clears throat> yeah. Dying Light 2, it was it was all right, but it could have been so much better. And it's like they took so long for it to come out too. So like, what? Yeah, eh. it is what it is. It's not it's not the L of the year, yo. It's not it's not like an L of the year type of candidate. But it's just like this should have been more. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the icebreaker, Chris. Thank you for that one this week. Um, especially your answer, definitely. We still got a lot more to talk about on that one. We should, yeah, we yeah, should dedicate really an episode. Like we, should do that. we should dedicate another God episode. Damn it. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into the, the topics. Like I said, we only got two major topics for this week. Uh starting off with E3. So this year, E3 2022, we had already been told that you know the, the physical event wasn't gonna happen due to Omicron and you know uh even now it seems like there might be like a slight COVID resurgence happening in, in Europe, so that could make its way over here. But they officially announced that there will be no digital event either. So no E3 2022 in any form, physical or digital. Absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I'll actually read you guys the statement that they prepared here real quick. Okay, so they had an official statement about next year, which we can talk about in a moment, but... They say we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Stop me if you've heard that before. Uh, (laughs) Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite device, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media and industry back together in a new or all new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. You know what? I'm going to just let y'all start off this one. Uh, Chris, you seem to have the most visceral reaction to this whole thing, so I'm going to get your take first, man. Man, I'm just still hurt. Mm-hmm. It's been over a year probably since, right? Has it been over a year since we were supposed to go? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah, Almost two, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Two, two years. And I'm still... The, like it, the the wound is still fresh, uh, never really quite got over it, and then so the thing that hurts even worse is that like every year since then it's almost like you're holding out hope that all right can we go this year? Nope. Okay. Can we go this year? Nope. Okay. Can we go next year? We don't know, but maybe. It's like okay, and it's just it's like they keep playing with my heartstrings and tugging and doing all this stuff, and it's like yo. I just want to go to one E3. I don't need to go to all of them. I just want to go to one. And then now they're taking it away. Like, if I'm not joking any, if I'm being serious, I think the only reason why it's going down like this, A, they've already said, you know, they're putting the resources into next year. It doesn't make sense for them, I guess, kind of do how they want to do it this year. But on top of that, um, I would assume a lot of the, like, devs and stuff are going to try to do maybe some of their own stuff, like, third party ish or whatever or first party i guess Mm -hmm. you should say um and maybe after seeing the list of folks who actually wanted to utilize a digital format via e3 
it just said, you know, it made, might have just made more sense to just say, yeah, let's just not do it this year. Because I think a physical event, if that really does happen next year, people will be interested in that because that's a physical event and we haven't had one in quite some time. But these digital ones or whatever, if it didn't seem like you were going to have that crazy of a lineup anyways, I get it. I get why they would have been like, bruh, nah, just take that and put it to next year. And then that also kind of tells me I think they wanted to come back with a vengeance in mm-hmm. a sense. I don't think they want it to be – well, it can't be. It can't be the same as it was before just based on proximity things and stuff like that. But on top of that, yeah, I think they want it to be bigger and better than ever. I think when E3 comes back in the physical aspect, it's, it, I would reckon that that particular event, the comeback event, is going to be one of their best ones they've had ever. That's just <laughs> my guess. Just based on how things have went, they know people have been cool to be at home <laughs> watching this shit on devices. They know people are dying to come back out. Like I would, I would just assume that they would just kind of like do it up. That's just me. I feel like you are a lot more positive about this than I am. <laughs> I, I have a theory on it, but I'm gonna let Danny go next. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of weird. Uh, E3 being canceled this year. Uh, you know, physically and virtually. I don't know. I feel like virtually is just not the same experience you get as physically. So I can understand why you would want to like maybe, you know, focus on next year where there's a possibility of having it physically in person. I, but I also feel like it's also a weird place too, because like when you look at it, like a lot of events like sporting events and everything like that, you see their stadiums, they're like almost 100% capacity and everything like that. So it's like, I'm sure there could have been a way where they could have kind of like maybe compensated to find a way to be a safer like environment. I understand a lot of people are going to be touching controls and everything like that would do with the game boosts and everything like that. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like E3 is just fading away. Uh, well, it's not like real quick though. Remember they already like cut the physical portion of it. Like they said that back in. Oh yeah, January, I know. So yeah, like I know that Um, that was when like shit was hitting the fan. Right. But what is it called? Like, I just feel like E three is just losing its losing its. Um, I can't even think of the word, but like, it's just losing it. I would just say I like agree. that. It's just, I agree. It's I agree. there's you know we got the the summer game showcase from Jeff Keighley. You know, there's like I feel like no point of just like I feel like they should just can it. And I understand like a lot of people are gonna be like you know. Like this is agreeing because, like, you know, when you think of E3, you think of like all these big game announcements about to come out and everything like that. But like, honestly, it's just like the popularity is probably just fading away. I mean, maybe people will still go anyways on to do a reappear in person next year if it does reappear in person next year. But like, I mean, we I feel like we just get better announcements with like Jeff Keatley show, and I'm sure now like you know a lot of people are gonna go lean towards him instead of like at E3 Expo because of like these cancellations and everything like that they're not like as reliable as before mm-hmm. so so you're you're leaning right into my theory on this whole thing mm-hmm. um so the year that we were supposed to go i believe right uh jeff Keeley announced that he was pulling out of e3 himself he's always been firmly planted <laughs> in e3 um you know to the point where he had he evolved he helped evolve the show they they uh, started doing like different panels in like a theater that was <clears throat> next to E3. You know, the, the two years that I went, he was he was there. You know, he was pretty prominently involved in the show. Um, 
he cited that him and the ESA had very different opinions about where the show should grow, go to or grow to become. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I mean, even before that, really, you know, Sony <laughs> pulled out of E3 years ago. Mm-hmm. EA pulled out of E3 years ago. You know, those are two big publishers right there, two, you know, big titans in, in this industry, essentially. They pulled out a show years ago. Microsoft's been held, holding pretty steady. But even then, um, I think the last year that I had went, I want to say it was either 2018 or 20. It had to be 2018. Um, Microsoft didn't really have a booth on the show floor. They utilized their own theater that was like um, like across the street, like right next to the Staples Center. They have like the Microsoft theater there. And they had basically their E3 show floor there. So they kind of pulled out of the show too. Um I don't know. It just it, the writing's been on the wall for E3 for a while. Like they were in trouble uh, before they even opened it up to the public. Hence, why they opened it up to the public. And then, even then, you know, the, the years that I went, people had there were some complaints from like media people about how the show wasn't exactly the same and this, that, and the other. And I think when you when you start to expand on the idea of E3, like it's kind of a dated concept. Like it started off mm-hmm. as a trade show thing where. Uh, game publishers were really trying to sell their games to um, retailers, right? Like to understand, like okay, like what what game is going to be stocked on shelves, you know, in in, uh, in the the fall or the the holiday or whatever. That concept doesn't make any sense anymore because a you're just gonna, I mean, like I don't know, retail retail distribution is different now. You have mm-hmm. digital games. Most people are going to put things out. You know, I just feel like that aspect of E3 is dead. So then, okay, you want to turn it into a fan show. All right, fine. Like that that could be cool. But when developers are pulling out and not showing off all these games, um, then obviously you have COVID hitting, which is a whole different situation than that of itself. I just feel like the industry has changed so much. I don't think E3 makes sense anymore, and I don't think it'll ever go back. Even though they say they want to do this physical version and yada yada yada. Like I just it doesn't make any sense to me. And then on top of that, you have Jeff Keeley leaving and doing his own summer games fest thing. And like literally like almost like, I mean, he must've known, right. But it was like immediately as the announcement came down that E3 was canceled, Jeff Keighley tweets out, Hey, don't forget summer games fest coming to you this June. Like, Mm -hmm. and and he's, and he's like, this year is going to be different. We're trying really hard to make sure that everything is happening in June, basically replacing E3. That's literally like how I interpret that whole thing. So I don't know, man. It's just, it's wild to me. And they even, mm-hmm. they even put up like a little Q and a, I'm just going to read off some of it real quick. Um, so a few summer games, fest Q and a answers. Summer game fest will only be taking place in the month of June with uh, specific dates to be determined. Yes. You can co-stream all events, participating companies, platforms, and studios in 2022 will be announced as we get closer. And there's some new elements for 2022. And I think Jeff Keeley himself, even, <laughs> I'm just going to look up his tweets real quick. Mm-hmm. Appreciate all the comments, ideas, thoughts on Summer Games Fest this week. We're working hard to bring the entire industry and fans together in the month of June. This isn't the path I ever thought I'd be on, but we'll keep iterating and building. Like, that's pretty ominous. But to me, it feels like, I don't know, I just, I just feel like he's he's working on building something that replaces E3. Definitely. And I feel like it was inevitable. The ESA is not, they're just, I don't know. I don't feel like they're not prepared for this world that we're in right now. And I, and I really think I said it last year and it seems like they, they tried to, Microsoft tried to do some things with this, with like the ID 
an Xbox showcase where there was like a bunch of demos and things like that that you could play for a limited time. But I feel like the advent of game streaming <laughs> renders the idea of going to conferences like this to play new games useless. Like I still want the human interaction. I still want to you know hang out with people and all that stuff. But from a company standpoint, spending money and all that stuff, if you want if you want to generate marketing buzz and have people try out your game. And now game streaming exists through xCloud and, you know, like we're going to talk about in a second, they're going to expand it on PlayStation and all that different stuff. You just put out streamable demos of these games and release trailers like you normally do and all that other stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't think I think E3 is dead, even though they can, mm-hmm. even though they say it's not dead and they probably will end up putting on a show next year and the year after that. But the E3 that we know and love that every every like gamer fan has been like, yo, I, I like that's like a bucket list thing for me. I want to go to E3. Like, I feel like that E3 is dead and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Keel is like, we're going to have in-person events. No, he's not. He, he is absolutely going to do an in-person event thing. I, I believe it wholeheartedly. And I think that the industry as a whole is more interested in what Jeff Keeley is doing. Like, I, I feel like Jeff has done such an amazing job around the games industry. Like I used to, I used to say he reminded me of Ryan Seacrest because he would host and do everything for the gaming industry. But I don't think anybody works as hard as Jeff Keighley. Like I, I feel like mm-hmm. calling Ryan Seacrest is like an insult. He just, he does so much. Like he built the game awards himself from the ground up. You know, he, he was even involved in G4 for like a, a, Brief period of time, from my understanding, you know. I remember um, G4 TV. Yeah, G4 is back too, which is funny, but like mm-hmm. it's, we don't really talk about that enough. But G4 is actually doing its own thing too. Like I just, I feel like everything around what E3 used to be is just gonna get trounced by what Jeff is able to accomplish. He has so many relationships built up around the the industry. He's like one of the people who got, um, what was it, uh, Reggie, Phil, and fuck, I forgot the guy's name from PlayStation. It wasn't Jim Ryan. It was the other guy. But he got them all up on stage at the same time, you know? And, like, he, like there's just certain things that Jeff can get to happen that I don't feel like anyone else in the industry can make happen. So if he's mm-hmm. going to be putting on a replacement to E3, I think people are really going to pay attention. And you're going to see way bigger announcements at what Jeff's doing compared to what E3 is doing. And I think you saw that last year, too, right? Like, Elden Ring was, like, on stage for him. And it was nowhere in the E3 digital event that came about. So... I don't know, man. It's it's. It, I think it's dead for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But <clears throat> moving on to, uh, I guess, more positive news or something a little different. <laughs> uh, we got the <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, the new uh, PlayStation Game Pass competitor. Uh, uh, don't call it that. It's, it's it's really it's really not a competitor. I mean, it's it's good. It's a it's a really good thing for for PlayStation fans. Oh, I absolutely okay. think so. But it's not really a competitor to Game Pass. We'll get into that, though. But uh, basically, the way PlayStation outlines this, they call it the the new, the all-new PlayStation Plus. And instead of making a brand-new service and marketing it a certain way, they basically just split PlayStation Plus into three different tiers. So the first tier is called PlayStation Essentials, PlayStation Plus Essentials, I should say. And that's basically the same PlayStation Plus that anyone who already has PlayStation Plus knows and probably loves right um so the, the way that they list it is provides the same benefits two monthly downloadable games a year exclusive discounts cloud storage and online multiplayer so that's what we already knew already existed ten dollars a month or sixty dollars a year if you wanted it so now we're getting into the new stuff the uh game pass adjacent stuff 
So you got PlayStation Plus Extras, which personally I think is the one I'm going to be leaning towards. But it provides all the benefits of the Essential tier. It adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. So all those games are downloadable to play. So that's going to be $15 a month or $100 a year. So that's like in line with Game Pass Ultimate pricing, I believe. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, PlayStation Plus Premium now is the, the, the highest tier. <clears throat> so it's going to have all the benefits that I outlined from the previous two. And then it's going to add up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generations. It's going to offer cloud streaming access for the original PlayStation, basically all the old PlayStation games I just mentioned. Um, Let's see. And then also time-limited game trials will be offered at this tier, so customers can try out select games before they buy. I feel like that last part is weird to lock into a paywall at, I don't know that 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 last part is a little weird to me but the mm-hmm. premium subscription is going to be 1799 or $120 a year so aside from the fact that it's weird to me that they didn't just rebrand altogether um <clears throat> that's really shitty to have like a separate tier to just do backwards compatibility that feels like a real miss mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like you already got PlayStation Plus Extra for your old PlayStation Four games and everything like that, but like 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 you said, you already have like backwards compatibility as is, and like more than whatever. Like if anything, you're gonna have those games that you want to play on PlayStation already downloaded and already on like either on your system or just like you just download it later on your storage. It's it's weird also that like. The premium package that they only limit to PS3 titles only streamed, whereas everything else is downloaded. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, with the whole, like, PlayStation 3 hardware at, at the time, it was just, like, some complicated, like, BS that, like, everybody hated until, like, the later in the generation. So, like, I can understand, like, a little bit why it might be complicated, but, like... I mean, I feel like you got to, like, show more love to the PlayStation generation as is. I mean, I feel like that's what, like, kind of made PlayStation the way... It, like, I know PS2, PS2 is obviously legendary, but, like, there was, like, some banging titles on the PlayStation 3 that, like, you know, carried, like, The Last of Us, you know, Uncharted and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, if you want to go back to those old games now, either you buy, like, the, you know, the definitive edition of the game that they released on the PS4, or if you want to, like, go back to it, you can only go back to it via CloudStream. And weird to know, like, classroom can be, like, a little messy, especially with, like, latency issues, depending on connections. Mm-hmm. So I just, it just sucks that, like, that itself, like, you you, you just got to stream it and you got to deal with it. Yeah. I'm more excited for the PS2, PSP, PS1 games, Uh, you know, like, depending on the titles they have. Um, It's... You know, depending, it's weird because it says 340 titles from PS2, PS1, and you know, like all those PS2, PS3 down, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's weird to see it be only 340 games, especially for the simple fact that PlayStation <laughs> 2 itself had like thousands, thousands of games. So, like, thousands of games. So, like, you better select those games, you know, carefully, PlayStation, or else I'm gonna be pissed off. <laughs> so, 
I also feel um, like the games that are worth sorry, not to catch up, but the games that are worthwhile on PS3, PS2, any of that type of stuff, based off of Sony's own marketing strategies, they remade and remastered those games. So what's the incentive? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the incentive at this point? Nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the three extra dollars a month is a kind of like a stretch, in my opinion. Like you could have easily implemented it in PlayStation Plus Extra or put PlayStation Plus Extra as your essential. Yeah. And put, if you really want to compete with Game Pass, because like Game Pass is like, all you need is Game Pass Ultimate for $15 a month and you got everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and we. And, oh, God. I was going to say, and it was like, you know, between not only Xbox, but like PC as well and everything like that. So yeah. we'll, we'll get we'll get a little bit deeper into like the contrast between the two in a second but uh chris you were gonna say something real quick um i might have lost my train of thought but sorry no that's all good um uh overall yeah uh, i don't know for me personally this is more of an l i think for me than i guess you guys because i personally don't necessarily care to play anything that's older than ps3 or xbox 360 i think i want to say Mm-hmm. Anything before then, uh, I'm I'm good. I am good. I realized that those old ass games, I don't want to sit there and fudge around with those old mechanics and old buttons, and st- I, I don't like it. It's not fun for me. I'm totally a hundred percent here for remasters and remakes. Um, I don't know. Like I, I know other people really get off on a nostalgia trip sometimes, and they like being able to go back and be put back in the same seat that they used to sit in when they were a kid, and I do too. But I can kind of almost get that from watching like a recap on like a YouTube video. I don't want to sit there and play with the stuff anymore just simply because I've gotten too used to the stuff that we have now. And it, it I just don't like going back. It feels hard. Pause. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have much, much care. Like, I don't want to go back and play GTA 1. Like, I don't want to go back and play Fallout 1. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know who does, but like, I'm, I'm, that's not me. I'm good on that shit. Um, I don't know, bro. Like, aside from that, this this it's cool, I guess. But I do agree. I think they did definitely missed on a, a major opportunity to give it its own fresh name and fresh set of legs, and then market it in a certain way. Because then at least people would hear it and then want to go check it out. With this, is more like I don't know, man. I kind of get the impression that they've been wanting to revamp the plus shit for a while, regardless of Spartacus or whatever, and they just kind of use this as their opportunity to do so. And the fact that they don't have anything even remotely close to day one release type of stuff on it is 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 that's the it's not a competitor. Yep, and, <laughs> it's yep. just not. <laughs> and thank you for that. That that kind of transitions me into really what I wanted to talk about here was that you know off the bat they said no day one games, um, no day one PlayStation. Uh, exclusives that are going to be on the service they did outline a couple things that will be at launch they said uh death stranding god of war uh marvel spider-man and spider-man miles morales mortal kombat 11 and returnal so returnal is the newest game out of all those that i just mentioned that's going to be in there so i mean that's cool returnal being in there is great if you are a if you are a more casual playstation player who didn't touch any of those games yet this is an amazing service for that. Absolutely give you all that. <clears throat> but I don't know, just nothing about this feels different from PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think PlayStation now would 
would eventually get you all that stuff anyways. You just you basically just found a way to roll those two things together. And that's great and all, but I don't know. There's, I just feel like this is another one of those situations where PlayStation is, PlayStation's hubris is getting the best of them. Like they think that they're better than everybody else, and in a lot of ways, like they obviously are like a, a world class brand and all that. But you're behind the eight ball on the streaming service stuff, or you know, like subscription services, I should say. You mm-hmm. got to do something to make a bigger splash than this. Like this is, and there was so much hype around this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another thing. Like there, this week there was so much hype around. There was supposed to be three big PlayStation announcements. Da, 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 da. One of them was going to be Spartacus, and then there was some rumor that it was supposed to be an acquisition. Yada yada yada. Um, and I feel like this has been a trend overall with like so you know Sony fanboys and whatnot. Like something happens, there's like a big fever pitch around it like they announced the state of play and then like the state of play actually happens it's mediocre and everybody is upset or you know and then this is like another one of those things where it's like okay like this is a decent service it's a decent service for playstation fans mm-hmm. but it's meh like it, the the no yeah. day one games thing is is huge alone yep. Like you can't even, it's not even close to being a, a competitive game pass. And, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see if they're able to get certain publishers to launch brand new games in there. It's pro- it's possible that they may, but I don't know, just, just off the bat, man, this is just a bad first attempt in my opinion mm-hmm. to come for the crown, you know? Um, yeah, that's- yeah. And even Jim Ryan said, he was like, yeah, I don't see this being beneficial for releasing our first party games day one. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's a bad. That's a bad look. That's, uh, that's you shouldn't even you say, say that? that. You should. Yeah, you should be like you know. It's, you shouldn't. You know, just diminish it or whatever immediately. You shouldn't just avoid that. So you gotta have people at least you know tease them a little, thinking that it might be in the future. But right. Like, exactly. But to come right out and say like <laughs> we don't. Mark. We think it hurts. Yeah, I think what he say exactly. It hurts the quality of um, our games if we're gonna put first party games in the service day and date. Which is stupid. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> stupid. Because if you come correct with this and you do it the right way, you have all these like millions of PlayStation owners out there. You know, you gotta like I don't know, man. Like the the mm-hmm. we talked about this before, but the casual like the the average PlayStation user is much more casual than the average Xbox user, right? <laughs> so you're a little less likely to buy all the games. You know, you, you probably buy like Call of Duty. You buy maybe one of the bigger PlayStation games that comes out, like God of War is like kind of one of those things that has such mass appeal that most people will buy that, but they won't necessarily buy Returnal. They won't necessarily buy um, Ghost of Tsushima off the bat, you know? Like do something for those, for like that demographic and just put, put that out there. Like Game Pass is killing it, man. Like there, what, what did we get in January? It was 25 million subscribers. At this point, they've got to be over that. They've got to be at least 30, 35, right? Um, and that's just Game Pass. So that's not even like countering or adding in like the Xbox Live stuff and all that, you know? So I don't know, man. Like they're just so, so behind the ball on this um, like subscription service thing. I feel like they could have just done a better job with this. Like, it, And then also to like announce it in like a, a blog post. Wow, everything about this is just underwhelming as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's pretty sad to see like the, the list is like oh they they plan to include games like Death Stranding, God of War, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11 and Return. We already have Mortal Kombat 11 in Game Pass. 
Returnals, meh. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people didn't buy that anyway, so it's a good thing they put that there. I ain't buy this training, so it's a good thing they put that there, too. Yeah. God of War was already on the PlayStation thing where you buy PS5 and they give you hella free games, so that's already something you got for free. And then the Spider-Man games, if you're, if you're a fan, you already went out and bought those. So... Yeah. If you if you bought a PS5 and or even like still have a PS4, you buy Spider Man, then you doing something wrong. Right. Facts. <laughs> like it's just I don't know, it's just weird. They needed the the splash of getting something new in there. And that, like you if know, they would have they didn't put Ratchet and Clank, bro. Like yeah. not even yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. That game's uh-huh. almost a year old. Like I mean, bro, the sales update probably would have got ready. It's like already done. You know, deal with it. You ain't gonna get nothing much. You're probably gonna get crumbs, if anything. But like uh, they don't wanna do this shit. Like I that's what I get from this. They didn't want to do any of this at all. I mean, I think they did want to refresh the plus subscription shit that they had going on, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to make a competitor. They damn sure don't have any care to put their games on a day one base. There's things here that just are screaming to me that they didn't want no parts of this at all. They, I think their their business practices or whatever goes against whatever you know, Microsoft is believing when they do Game Pass. You could just tell, man, like, you could tell that they brought this to whoever in these offices and they were like, uh, you want us to put Horizon on, uh, whoever is handling this had a knee-jerk reaction and they said, well, we gotta do something. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what it feels like here. Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna say, I'm sure they probably wanted to put something like Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop in it, but they can't because Microsoft owns the rights. <laughs> I, I don't so, even think they would want to do that, bro. Like every, everything about this tells me they don't want to put anything new in there. <laughs> like anything that's that's newish that they could still grab, you know, like the, the $60, $70 price tag off of you for. Nah, bro. They don't nah. I don't get the vibe that they they're interested in doing any of that type of stuff. Yeah, this is not a consumer friendly decision that they're making. They're yeah. just trying to like recoup face at the I think they're just baking in on the backwards compatibility factor of the PS2, 1, and 3 games. Yeah. Even though, but like I said, I think it's just a small number. 340 games. Yeah. I mean, if they keep adding shit. it, if they keep adding it in the future, of course, like, you know, like, that's good for them. But, like, 340 games for, like, four generations is just not it. You know what I'm saying? There's too much games that's probably going to be left out that we wish were there and we probably won't see. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Um, I think the other thing that bothers me too about this, like again, like I like I mentioned, the presentation of this all is bad. But mm-hmm. putting it in a blog post, there's no like showcase to really talk more about the games that are going to be in there. Um, L. Also, this is coming on June. Why the fuck are we hearing about it now? <laughs> like I don't know. It just it just feels like yeah. uh, okay, guys. Like we know we're getting creamed by Game Pass. Like we got to put something out there just so people know that we're we're trying to compete. But I don't know, man. It's and it's like you look at the momentum that's happening on the other side with, with Xbox and the things that are you know things that are going on. Like I think initially PlayStation outsold them pretty pretty significantly um, in this generation, but it seems like they're they're really getting back. Um, I think that what the last four months, including mm-hmm. March, uh, Xbox has been outselling the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Five in particular, like. That that's a big deal, you know, and I'm pretty sure Game Pass Game Pass is a large part of that, and I'm sure that's part of why Sony's seeing it. And like, okay, we got to do something, even though the something is not really touching it, you know, not having that day and date is is a big deal for people. It's a big deal for people, and I've mm-hmm. even seen like some of the PlayStation heads, you know, even talking about this move, like, eh, 
You know, like it's like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like I'm I'm probably gonna get it, but you know, we want this, we want that. And then even, you know, then there's the other ones that are like drinking the Kool-Aid of, yeah, well, you know, PlayStation can't afford to do that because their games are too good. You know, they're gonna like they're buying into everything that Jim Ryan says, which which makes no sense to me. Like like that Jim Ryan quote is wild, man. Like it's just it just doesn't make any sense to me, man. Well, all I gotta say is thanks for the trials because I'm gonna play the game and be like, yeah. It's not worth it. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. If it's and and I feel like this is another missed opportunity. Like, be clear about what trials we're talking about. Because if you're talking about if you came out and said, okay, this subscription service allows you to play trials of new first party PlayStation games, that's a different story, and it makes it look a little bit more appealing. Part of me feels like that's probably not what's going to happen. But I I I've heard like something. I don't know if this like. This is probably just like a fake rumor, but I heard like the trial is going to be like an hour long. <laughs> like, bro. what is an hour going to be? I just feel like not, not being clear about diamond, that bro. is such an L. Like, like, you know, I was reading all that stuff directly from the PlayStation website. So to just say time-limited game trials will be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. What do those select games mean? Like, give us... Just give us more, man. And maybe, maybe PlayStation will have a more um, flushed out event in June where they do talk about this. But I just feel like, for as far as first impressions go, this one was you know mediocre. It was mid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, um, you guys have anything else to add? I mean, I think I think this is we kind of <laughs> trashed this one to death. So I think yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah. yeah, I'm down. Like I said, I'm willing to try it. I'm probably going to get the highest tier, but I'm not going to do the year. I'm not going to buy the yearly subscription until I see what I'm signing up. So mm-hmm. I'll like do like one month and see if it's worth it. If not, then uh, I don't know if I'll be. Yeah. Here's another thing too, right? How are they going to handle this thing where people have um, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now? You know, mm-hmm. like like Xbox did an amazing job about, hey, if you guys, if you have Xbox Live and you have Xbox Game Pass or whatever, like there's ways that you can convert the subscription into Game Pass Ultimate and mm-hmm. extend your subscription. You know, like they were doing the dollar deal and like they had all types of crazy stuff to really help the growth of Game Pass. Like Xbox and Microsoft went all in on that. What's Sony going to do? Like, are we going to mm-hmm. get even three month trial or something like that. You know, you have, you have to imagine that they would, they have to find some growth hacks for this because the way Mm -hmm. that they presented this so far is not really it. So you have to find other ways to get people to really want to try your service. And I don't know, man, I just, are we going to be getting like, is Capcom going to be in here? You know, are we going to be getting the resident evil games in there? You know, like, like the games that are going to be in there really, really matter. And right now I don't have enough faith in this uh, beyond the fact that it's probably just going to be the same stuff that's in PlayStation now. And it's like, all right, I need more than that. I need you guys to let me know what I can expect, what quality of games I can expect in the service. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good understanding of that, but again, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I guess so. We shall see. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I think this is definitely a good place to, uh, to cap it here. We're not going to do the little the little social media exit that we normally do because, you know, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, our social media stuff is right there. It's right underneath our names. You got Black Guys, you got Goop, you got May 25th. Make sure to check us out. But I will say, check out the Expansion Pack podcast, social media stuff, at Pod on Twitter. We've been, uh, we've been posting pretty consistently there, so that's good. Um, we got TikTok. We got Instagram. Um, make sure to check us out. Thank you guys again for watching. 
We'll see you guys next week. Peace.